Welcome to the Grow Your Business and Grow Your Wealth podcast with Gary Helt. Gary is an expert in helping business owners put together a plan that will provide a better future for their businesses, themselves, and their families. On the podcast, Gary interviews other professionals who share his vision, and together they share secrets and strategies any business owner can use to build a better financial foundation for your business and your life. Welcome back to the podcast. Today, our guest is Alan Schoenberger, who is the founder of Endeavor Financial Planning, LLC. Welcome, Alan. Thank you. It's great to be here, Gary. Thanks for having me. So, Alan, tell, tell us about some about yourself and kind of um, how you got where you are now. Sure, sure. So, I, you know, I started out my career uh, doing something a little bit different. I began my career uh, just uh, entry-level accounting finance position at a small civil engineering firm and continued to do that for a couple of other professional services firms, uh, working my way up to director of finance. And then about maybe 14 or so years ago, decided that wasn't how I kind of wanted to finish out my career. And that's when I made the decision to pursue the certified financial planner designation and ultimately start my own financial planning firm. You made the switch. Right. What was it that, that made you decide that, hey, okay, I, I don't want to do the accounting any, anymore. I want to do, you know, the financial planning aspect of things. Yeah, well, a couple of reasons, but I would say the primary reason is the work wasn't challenging anymore. Uh, and what I love most about what I do now, and I'm sure you see the same thing uh, in your business with your clients, is that the advice and counsel I provide my clients on a daily basis doesn't just have uh, a positive impact them on them today, but it continues to have a positive impact on them for years on down the road. And I kind of like that, knowing that, and that's kind of what gets me up every day. So um, in reading through you know, your bio and, and some other uh, things that, that I've seen uh, for you, you, know, you consider yourself a, a financial investigator. Uh, can you tell, tell us what you mean by that? Sure, sure. So, you know, uh, investigators, sometimes I'll even say I'm a detective. Right? And, and the, the difference here, here is uh, it, it's not just about, okay, this is what you need, Mr. or Mrs. Client. It really is about, you know, questioning them the way an investigator would to find out really what their goals are, uh, what their risk tolerances. That's a very important factor in determining what the right investment mix for them is and really figuring out what it is they need before coming up with any recommendations that I might make. So what are some of those questions that, that you may, you know, ask your potential clients when they come in the door? Well, I would say the, the biggest one, whether it's a, a business owner or a non-business owner, is what is retirement going to be like for you? Because that means different things to different people. Right. So for some reason, it does mean sitting on a beach all day long. For others, it, you know, it's they want to remain active in some way, shape, or form. So not necessarily earning a salary, but still either contributing back to society, maybe volunteering more, but doing something to both remain physically and mentally active in retirement. That's probably the single most commonality I see amongst all my clients when I talk to them about, okay, what does retirement mean for you? So figuring out what that lifestyle is going to be like so that we can determine how much money they're going to need to sustain that lifestyle. Great. 
So now, you know, when you, the clients come in or potential clients come in and sit down and they're talking with you, what are some of the questions that you wish that they would ask you that they just don't seem to? That's probably the biggest one. I mean, oftentimes when I do ask that first question of what's, you know, retirement going to be like for you, they don't know, right? right? They really haven't figured it out. It's, and I, and I, I try not to make suggestions and say, well, here's what some of my other clients are doing, because then there's always that risk that they'll say, yeah, that sounds great to me, but that's not really what they want. Uh, and, you know, oftentimes one way I'll get to that if they don't know is to have them try and imagine as difficult as it may be is what would it be like if money wasn't an issue right? and you didn't have to worry about how much some things cost on a daily basis how would you spend your time right and then that sometimes opens up the floodgates as to oh well if you know money wasn't an issue i would be doing this or that and that helps me get to okay now we can figure out what your lifestyle is going to truly be like in retirement and you know when we get you there. what are you know, some of the biggest fears that, that your clients or potential clients uh, have when they come in and first see you and how do you help them overcome those fears? Well, single biggest one, running out of money in retirement. Right? Right. I think that's, that's the single most common thing that I see, whether it's a business owner or a non-business owner. And, you know, the way I help them get there is knowing that once I do know what their lifestyle is going to be like, I can put together a financial plan to get them there. And while a financial plan is no guarantee that they're not going to run out of money, there's a greater likelihood of success if we do have a plan. And I'm sure you've seen this as well. Look, if you're dealing with a business owner, most business owners have a business plan and a marketing plan to kind of help them with their business. Well, a financial plan is kind of the same thing for an individual, helping them guide how they're going to spend their time in pre-retirement so that they can get to the ultimate retirement years and succeed in those years. And while there's, again, there's no guarantee that a financial plan is going to get you there, there's a much greater likelihood that you're going to succeed and, and meet those goals if you have a plan. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I constantly preach um, you know, to my clients about putting together a plan. And I used to always, um, when I first started out, I used to always say, you know, Hey, if you're, you know, leaving to go to Disney, um, are you just hopping in the car and going, or are you getting right. out your map and you're mapping out? Well, nobody uses maps anymore. So <laughs> we can't, can't use that anymore. Uh, but I, but you, you bring up a good point is oftentimes people will spend more time planning a vacation than they will yep. do their own retirement. That's, that's a perfect uh, example of uh, how people unfortunately don't plan for some of the more important things in their life. Right. I know that, you know, lots of what we try to do is we try to work with, you know, their financial advisor um, on what is, what is your, your, your plan there to then take it and pull that into the tax side of things and be able to do it. I know I just had a conversation with a client the other day and she was surprised about how much she owed in taxes because of her investments. You know, so obviously the financial advisor, I'm sure went over with her and said, hey, this is what you, what you did this year and, you know, things are up, it's really good and so forth but never continued to talk about, okay, now how does this, um, you know, impact you tax-wise? And I think, you know, you've touched on a little bit, 
you know, uh, with the planning and everything. But, you know, if you don't build that team of people to help you with it, if everybody's working in a vacuum, it's not good. A hundred percent. Right. So perfect example is, you know, when it comes to choosing their investments, a big part of it is what type of accounts it's, it's that money is in. So if it's in a tax deferred account, such as a 401k plan or an IRA plan, you know, that might be different than the types of investments I might just put in a regular taxable account, just for what you said, to make sure that there's more tax efficient investments in the taxable account, but also working with the CPAs to make sure that it ties into the overall financial plan that I'm developing for them. So I don't do everything in a vacuum. I work with the CPAs. I work with the estate planners on their, on their estate plan. And uh, it's, it's definitely a team effort. Yeah. And I, I just think that that's so important. And, and it's just like, you know, as professionals, I think we just need to keep preaching that to our, to our clients is that, you know, you need to pull, the, pull together your team and you need to make sure that your team is communicating um, as much as possible. Um, because one person may think that the other person's handling something and, and it doesn't happen. And then, then we're in big trouble. Agreed. So what are some of the common mistakes that, that you're seeing people make um, when it comes to, you know, planning for retirement? Probably single biggest mistake, especially, and unfortunately I've seen it more in the last year due to the pandemic, is people panicking when they see the market go down drastically uh, and pulling that money out of the market into, say, a, a cash account. Uh, because unfortunately, what happens uh, most of the time with these downturns, whether you go back to the 08 downturn or the, the more recent downturn we saw at the outset of the pandemic last year, is people pull their money out after the market's gone down drastically. Right. So now they've lost, say, half their value in their investments. They pulled the money out, uh, and then they don't get back in until the market recovers, so they miss out on that recovery. Mm -hmm single biggest mistake that I, I see all too often. And that's actually what's probably drawn a lot of new clients to me in the last year is I think people have finally come to the realization, you know what, this isn't something I can do on my own and I, I need some professional help. And, and the way I kind of help them there is, uh, you know, just helping them kind of get over that emotional piece of it and, and making them realize that, uh, first of all, money invested in the market should be for a long-term purpose. And I, deter I, I, I determine that as something that is money that you don't need for at least five years or more. Right? So if you need access to that money in the next couple of years, for, it shouldn't be in the stock market to begin with. But if it is uh, for a long-term purpose, such as retirement, uh, if your goals haven't changed and your time frame to retirement hasn't changed, then you shouldn't be making any changes to your investments. And kind of helping remind them of that prevents them from making those mistakes. Right. Probably the single biggest value add that I can do as a planner is preventing them from making a mistake like that. So what are some other reasons why somebody should use a professional like you as compared to, to trying to do this on their own? It could just be for uh, everyday uh, savings and budgeting, right? Oftentimes you ask people, uh, you know, how much, how much is your, your mortgage or your rent? They know that number. Right. It's such a large number. But if I asked a lot of people, you know, how much do you spend on food every month? Mm -hmm. They may not be able to answer it. And I kind of got to go back. And then when they do, uh, the number is usually a lot larger than they think it is. Mm -hmm. So just help helping them uh, make smarter decisions about how they spend their money 
and, and, and that can lead to, okay, now that we've found ways that you're not spending your money on X, Y, and Z, where can we put this that it's going to uh, do better for you in the long run? Yeah, I think that, that we certainly find with a lot of people, um, they don't realize truly how much they're spending on certain things because they're not, they're, right. they're not tracking it. Um, exactly. And, and I think that that's, that that's something that another, another thing that's very important for people is to take a look at tracking and there's all different programs out there that people can use to do this, but to really sit and track because if times do get tough, like you're saying with the pandemic and things are, are getting tough and, and people need to cut back, if they know what, where they're truly spending, then they're going to know where they can cut back. And that's a perfect example. I'm very agnostic when it comes to the various programs that are right. out there to help. I don't care. Whatever is going to work for you as the client, right. and you're going to actually stick to it. Uh, and then the other important thing that I, I'd like to mention about when it comes to budgeting is I'm always uh, cognizant of making sure uh, that there's some kind of fun or entertainment or something that that person enjoys built into that budget. You know, I, I equate a, a financial budget almost to like going on a diet, a food diet. Right. If you make your diet so strict that you deprive yourself of some of the foods that you truly enjoy, even if they're not the healthiest for you, you're probably not going to stick to that diet. And a financial budget is the same way. If you make your budget so strict that it only covers the essentials of life, you're probably not going to stick to it. So there still has to be some kind of fun entertainment, whatever it is for that person that they enjoy doing built into that budget. That's going to be a, a huge factor in making sure that they're more likely to stick to that daily budget. Right. Right. I, I, I agree with that. Who's an ideal client for you? Great question. Uh, I'm going to flip that around on you. I'm going to tell you who's not an ideal okay. client for me. There you go person that is looking for, okay, give me the latest hot sector that I could put my money in or what's going to be the next GameStop stock. That's the type of person that I am not looking for on a client because my, my belief is, first of all, investing should be for the long term. And it's not about you know, trying to time the market or beat the market. Right? It's just about what are your goals? What's your risk tolerance? Now let's find the right investments that can kind of meet all of those requirements and still get you to where you need to be in retirement. You know, and I often say, you know, a lot of people like to get rich quick. I don't see anything wrong with getting rich slowly. For these clients that, that are your ideal clients, what are their pain points? Yeah, well, you know, it depends. Uh, you know, some of my business owner clients, they're, they're probably their biggest pain points are, uh, you know, if I sell the business, you know, what am I going to do afterwards? And mm -hmm. so it's, it's similar to the question to the individuals. What are you going to do in retirement? Right. And I can tell you oftentimes the business owners that really don't plan out what life's going to be like post-sale a year or two after they sell their business regret it. And I think part of that is it's an emotional thing for them as well. You know, oftentimes uh, their identity is tied to that business. Right? So now they sell the business, their identity is gone and they don't know what to do. So I think if they haven't really planned out what life's going to be like post-sale, they're going to regret the sale afterwards. And, it, and I think, you I mean, like you said, I think that that's even with individuals um, and, and what they do. And so much of it, to me, it's not the financial side. And I always try to, to tell people before they retire to come in and see me. I want to make sure that they're prepared for retirement. And th their first thing is, oh, I've already talked to my financial advisor. I have plenty of money, da, 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 da. And it's like, well, yeah, but now 
you're going to be home, Bob, with Betsy. And Betsy's been home by herself for a long time. And now you're going to be right. there where she likes getting up, having her coffee and so forth and so on. Um, and I think that that's where uh, a lot of the, I'm going to say a lot of the issues come in is when that happens. And like sure. the business owner, because their identity has been, you know, tied to that business for so long, or they've been doing it for so long, they don't know what else to do. Um, I think that that's, that that's, you know, definitely, you know, yeah. something that's important besides the financial side of things. Right. It's interesting. I, cause I've seen those situations, mm -hmm. uh, and you know, you mentioned earlier about communication between the various professionals, you know, financial planners, CPAs, and so forth. Same thing here. Communication is, 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 is top. And I often ask, have you had this conversation with your family yet? And often the times is, yeah, but it's not a definitive yes. They, I don't think they really often discussed it with their spouses and exactly that, or even, you know, their adult children, uh, right. if it's, if they're passing it on to their adult children, you know, have you really had the conversation that this is really what they want? Yeah. I know so, lots of times that would I, would I counsel the business owners that are selling is to, you know, have some type of a, a, a consulting agreement or something for three years afterwards. A, it helps the the person who's buying the business if it's a child or, or somebody else, just because there, there's a certain amount of just things that you have in your head that you don't have down on paper of how to deal with a particular client or whatever. But then that also gives them time where it's like, okay, maybe in that first year they're doing a little bit more, but then year two or three, they're really not doing anything, but it's kind of a more of a gradual, uh, you know, step away as compared to something that's very abrupt. Right. And that can definitely be appropriate for some clients that don't want to do that hard stop and just right. flip a switch and say, okay, that's it. I'm walking out the door. Right. Do, because of the pandemic and stuff like that, how has it changed your business? Well, biggest is, uh, this is how I'm doing my meetings now. I, you know, mm -hmm. I don't really have in-person meetings. Uh, and you know, initially it was a, a bit of a change because I'll be honest with you, prior to the pandemic, there was the occasional snowstorm. I'm here in New York, so we do get snow here, but right. I would do a virtual meeting like this. Uh, but then all of a sudden at the outset of the pandemic, it, it moved 100% online. I think I was able to make that transition better than some of the other professionals that I've talked to. I, you know, they're, they're not so crazy about this uh, medium. And look, it has its uh, pros and cons like anything else. And I, I, you know, I've taken on some new clients this way. So it's, it's interesting. I actually now have a few clients that I've actually never met in person. Uh, and it is a little strange, to be honest with you, because uh, for me, it's really important to build that rapport. And it can be a challenge to do that in this format as opposed to an in-person format. So that's been a bit of a challenge, but I, I've seen to, I seem to have addressed it. Right. So, um, did you do any type of, you know, educational seminars or anything like that prior to, to doing this? Yeah, that's interesting. Perfect question. Uh, so that's another change. I did do those before. Okay. Uh, and it's interesting. I said, uh, prior to the pandemic several times that I wanted to try some webinars mm -hmm. and just never got around to it. Uh, and then this came 
and I had no choice but to start doing webinars. And I've done a, a handful since the outset of the pandemic, and you know they've been great. I enjoy them. And again, pros and cons. I guess the 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 upside is it makes it easier for people to attend. They don't have to physically, you know, travel to a location to participate in one of those events. Again, pros pros and cons because the, I would say the con for me is. Uh, I kind of feed off the audience, right? right. And you know, when you have a, a group in front of you, you can kind of see if they're following along with you, if they're not following yeah. along with you. And you know, when you're doing a webinar, you don't know if they're paying attention or if they're just bored or, or not. And there is a challenge in making sure that people are hopefully engaged and actually learning something because that's why I'm doing that is to educate them on right. a particular topic. I, I, I feel the same way. I mean, you know, when you're in person, you can kind of see the blank stares and you're like, okay, you know, you right. lost them. So you got to circle back to, 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 to re-engage them. Right. And it's definitely a lot harder when you're on, you know, doing a webinar or on zoom and, you know, you got so many different panels up there. It's like, okay, you can't see everybody's face type thing. Right. Um, it's it definitely. And then, you know, I would, I would think with, you know, the financial planning side of things, it's, you know, not meeting somebody in person and shaking somebody's hand, but now I'm going to give you, right. you know, my life savings and right. say, okay, here, you know, take me to the promised land. So that, you know, that, that's probably the single biggest challenge of, of this format. Right. Because of the pandemic, what have you learned new? I've learned that I can do this uh, remotely. Right. I, because I'll be honest with you, I again, for me, that human uh, interaction, especially with a new client or a prospect, uh, I never thought I could do it this way. Right. And this has shown me that it can be done this way. It's still not my first choice. My first choice would still be to uh, meet somebody in person and, and have those meetings in person. But now I know that uh, this is still a viable alternative. Right. right. You know, and I, I, you know, I don't know the answer to as we start to reopen. You know, how much of my business is going to shift and stay remote? You know, my my gut tells me it'll only be fifteen or twenty percent, kind of like the eighty twenty rule, right? Right. That you know, eighty percent will return to in person, but I'll still do uh, a certain percentage of it remote because there is a convenience factor. You know, that that's probably the single biggest. Uh, add-on for, for yeah. since this has happened that I can tell you my clients love the fact that they can just flip a switch and we're in a meeting they don't have to travel to me yeah and that's I'm, I'm finding that also um you know where you know even if somebody's you know only five minutes away you know it's like okay they travel to meet you that it's a time you know in the office and then they travel back and stuff and it's so much easier convenient for them to boom just pop on um you know, I even have, you know, the ones that, that don't have cameras, so I can't see them, but I'm able to share my screen to go right. over their tax returns and, and, right. and whatever it is. So it definitely um, makes them feel more comfortable. Kind of going back some here, um, what, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you first started um, in the financial planning side of things? Great question. Uh, one of the things that I wish I knew then that I know now is that this business is not 100% uh, 
logical in figuring out people's problems. One, you know, one of the first questions you ask is why I got into this business. Well, one of the reasons also is I'm a left brain person. Right? And you know, if you believe the whole left brain, right brain, left brain people tend to be more logical problem solvers. Right brain people tend to be more creative, you know, more, more of the artist type. Uh, and I thought, well, I'm perfect. I'm a very logical person. I'm great at solving problems, which is why I refer to myself as an investigator, right? But we, we've said this, there's an emotional side to this business. Where, you know, when you're dealing with people and their money, they have an emotional attachment to their money. Uh, and that part was more of a, an on-the-job learning process for me when I first got into this business that I wish I would have realized. So what, what questions haven't I asked you that you wish I did? Yeah, that one, that one's a tough one. I don't, I, you, you pretty much covered a lot of the big stuff is, you know, why, why I got into this business. Uh, you know, it, it, one of the, it's, it's what gets me up every day is knowing that what I've done for my clients is continuing to have an impact for them for years on down the road and oftentimes into the next generation. Right. Probably the single biggest thing that drives me every day. So if our listeners, you know, like what they hear and, and they want to reach out and talk to you, how, how can they reach out to you? Sure. Uh, well, they can certainly uh, email me at uh, Alan, A-L-A-N, at Endeavor, F-P, as in financial planning, dot com. Uh, they can give me a call at uh, 631-870-0957, or they can just go to my website, which is EndeavorFP.com. And so today our guest has been Alan Schoenberger with Endeavor Financial Planning, LLC. Alan, we really appreciate your time and your wisdom today. I, I appreciate the time, Gary. It was great speaking with you. This show has been produced by Market Domination, LLC. To discover how you can have your own show completely done for you and turn it into a real published book and become the authority in your marketplace, go to www.marketdominationllc.com slash podcast offer. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.